Welcome to the Advice and Insights Podcast with David L. Bonson. Hello, welcome to this week's Advice and Insights Podcast. This is David Bonson. I am the Managing Partner and the Chief Investment Officer of the Bonson Group, and we try to bring you a weekly podcast with our advice and our insights on a particular issue of the week, sometimes covering the Federal Reserve, sometimes covering tax policy, sometimes covering global economics, whatever the case may be, we try to take a singular topic and dive into it each and every week on this Advice and Insights podcast. And this week, that topic is the Mueller investigation. Now, why do I say Mueller when he spells his name M-U-E-L-L-E-R? Well, we don't know the answer to that because he has not done a press conference. He's been out of the news for the two years that's been going on. And no one has ever explained to me why it's pronounced Mueller when it is spelled Mueller. But it is, in fact, pronounced Mueller, and it is, in fact, spelled Mueller. And that's just something we're all going to have to deal with as investors. However, you might be thinking that there's a lot more relevance in the Mueller topic in the special counsel's report that was released to the Department of Justice this weekend uh, that is more pertinent to markets than the spelling of his name. And I'm not totally sure that's true. And we're going to unpack some of that today. Um, the question at hand is why is the market not responded much positively, negatively to the Mueller findings? Why has the uh, huge news story not been even a teeny tiny market story, rather almost no story at all? And, and I think that that needs to be answered, and I'm going to use the whole entire issue surrounding the Mueller investigation and the special counsel to make a broader point regarding markets and their relationship to politics. The fact of the matter is, to give you a quick timeline through this Mueller investigation, that the president fired FBI Director James Comey, the president being Donald J. Trump, in his first year as president, uh, as a matter of fact, it was in the month of May, uh, he fired FBI Director Comey, and uh, within a few days, there were uh, uh, leaks that we then subsequently found out were done, perpetrated by the fired FBI Director Comey to the press that would uh, help to instigate uh, the appointment of a special counsel. His plan worked. And then Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Why Deputy Attorney General? Because if you recall, the then main Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, had recused himself from anything to do with the Russia investigation when he started taking some bad press for the fact that he had had a conversation with a Russian diplomat back during the election. Now, of course, he was a senator who served on foreign intelligence committees. It wouldn't have been particularly rare for him to have had contact that way, but uh, for good or for bad, for right or for wrong, whatever anyone thinks about it, Attorney General Sessions recused himself from anything to do with the case, and, uh, and then that left Rod Rosenstein to follow up, and in the uh, <clears throat> aftermath of the president's decision to fire FBI Director Comey, a, a special counsel was appointed. And this was back in May of 2017. I remember it well because I was at the SALT conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a large alternative investment hedge fund symposium that takes place every year. 
And the market dropped, I want to say, 300, maybe 350 points. And I'm not sure that the market ever moved again in, re, in uh, a response to anything related to this whole story. That might have been the very end of it. The market recovered a couple of days later. And then since then, you know, markets moved around, around you know, as uh, various events, earnings results, interest rates, uh, tax reform, uh, all the different things that affect markets have played out. But this particular story has never really had a whole lot of hold in the stock market and in the bond market and in the uh, overall health of the economy. Now, what is it that some might even theoretically pose would be an issue to the market out of this story? I suppose, hypothetically, you could look at the idea that maybe, just maybe, the president could end up getting impeached, that there could be this sort of drama out of the special counsel that invest that, that uncovered a lot of wrongdoing, a lot of criminality, and that the president could have either had to resign or be impeached. And, and regardless of what one thinks the odds were of that happening, one could have very well thought, or Mr. Market, who's totally politically agnostic, Mr. Market could have thought that that was either likely or unlikely or neutral. But in regardless of the likelihood of the event, what was the event itself likely to do to markets? Well, it was going to result in Vice President Pence becoming President Mike Pence. And I don't think that the market ever really thought that President Pence would undo tax reform and deregulation and a lot of the cabinet appointments that have been a boost to some of the, the industrial and energy sector. I mean, at the end of the day, the market, I think, always had a hard time wrapping itself around what exactly it would have created. Now, would it have created the likelihood of a 2020 uh, uh, election where the Republican lost and the Democrat won? Well, I suppose it's very possible. But, but there's no way that it would have necessarily indicated what that would have meant for the House or for the Senate or what kind of Democrat. Uh, you know, who knows if maybe it would have created another Republican to run against the Democrat. That Republican could have won. So it isn't like the market would have said in 2017 that there's this distant chance that, that this Mueller thing leads to a 2020 result, that then these four things all go wrong and you end up with a less market-friendly administration. It's not that that wasn't possible. It's just that by no means was there any kind of way for a market to price in that outcome. There was far too much uncertainty and vulnerability around all these different you know, scenarios. So what we have known along the way is that the Mueller investigation did uncover some real serious wrongdoing for a number of different people. Um, Paul Manafort has been convicted. Paul Manafort's a longtime Washington, D.C. lobbyist, pretty significant person who was hired by the Trump campaign at one point to represent them in terms of their delegate seating on the floor of the convention. There was some fear that there would be some obstructionist who wouldn't cast their delegates towards Trump, even if he had won the nomination. And Manafort was involved with that. He had kind of lobbied for for delegates back, I believe, in the Ford uh, race in 76. He had a lot of uh, Rolodex. He had a lot of gravitas as just sort of a lifetime politico. And what was unbeknownst to most American people, certainly not unbeknownst to the Trump campaign, but Manafort had spent most of the last 10 years, his main client being kind of Ukraine-based. And so there was this just different kind of contacts 
with Russian and Ukrainian uh, folks, and the whole thing had a lot of bad stink around it. Manafort ended up being fired in the summer of 2016, way before the election. And then what ultimately the Mueller investigation uncovered was other acts of criminality around wire fraud and tax fraud and tax evasion and things of that nature. And so he's been convicted. And you can imagine, I guess it's an interesting story to some people. It's frankly not a very interesting story to a lot of people. Some may think it's really a shame for Manafort because it never would have happened if he hadn't worked in the Trump campaign. And that's probably true that it never would have happened. I don't know anyone, by the way, who doesn't think that he was guilty of all of it. I mean, it's, you know, it was not like a controversial case. Um, but yeah, I guess people could have different feelings around it or whatnot. I, I don't know uh, how that would all play out. It's hard to imagine anyone feeling a ton of sympathy for him if he was guilty, but, uh, but that's not really my point. My point is obviously the market couldn't care less about Paul Manafort. IBM's earnings were not going to be moved by Paul Manafort. Uh, the Federal Reserve was not going to make their decision around what the special counsel did with this one guy and so forth and so on. So that was probably the highest profile prosecution that came out of it. They still have some charges pending an indictment against this uh, Roger Stone guy who's quite a character. And I don't know what happens to that case. There's a couple of other indictments against real low-level people out there. I think one guy did a like 30-day jail sentence or something for – uh, he got intoxicated at a bar and started popping off that he knew stuff about Hillary's emails. So, that, you know, and lied to the FBI about it or something like that. So, okay, a lot of you know the stories. I'm purposely kind of just being general because it's immaterial. My point is that we could sit here and talk for hours upon hours about these different issues that came out of the Mueller investigation. But apart from something that was going to affect the um, reelectability of the president or affect the ability of the administration to prosecute their economic agenda, it's really hard to see a scenario by which the uh, market would have had to care about what was going on. I will remind everyone back in the mid-1990s that shortly after uh, President Bill Clinton was reelected. You then ended up, we were right in the middle of a special counsel that had started in his first term. He got reelected through the special prosecutor in the second term. There are, by the way, some legal distinctions between a special prosecutor, Ken Starr, appointed by Attorney General Janet Reno, and special counsel, uh, uh, Bob Mueller, appointed by uh, uh, Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein. But basically, uh, a very similar structure here. And the market in 1995, 1996, 1997, 1998, when the final Ken Starr reports came out, was all up and up dramatically. And in fact, the 95 to 99 period represented the biggest period of movement higher in the S&P 500 in history. And in that case, President Bill Clinton was, in fact, impeached by the House. He was not removed by the Senate. And there was never a point where all the different things from whitewater and cattle futures and and, and real estate deals, and then obviously that what ended up being the whole thing around Monica Lewinsky, uh, perjury, whatever. It, it was a political story. It was a politically divisive story, much like this Trump escapade, but it most certainly did not impact markets. So now we get to this issue with Mueller, and they release the final results, and they say there's no evidence of collusion. And in fact, the Trump administration... Uh, was offered the opportunity to collude with Russian 
dignitaries who very much wanted to impact the election and they didn't participate and that there was not the ability to uh, make an accusation of obstruction of justice without getting into the president's mind. And uh, they left that up to Rod Rosenstein and and, and uh, Attorney General Barr, who uh, concluded that there was not obstruction of justice. Had, uh, you can understand legally, regardless of what one's views on all this stuff are politically, at that point you would have had to argue, once they said there was no crime committed with collusion, that the president would have fired someone who he had every legal right to fire, obviously. The FBI director works for the executive branch of government, which is headed by our president in our in Article One of our Constitution. But you would have had to argue that the president obstructed justice by firing someone he had a legal right to fire uh, to avoid an issue with a crime that he did not commit. And it's a really bizarre kind of legal case. But But again... Whatever anyone wants to think about all of this stuff, all of it, there's so many moving parts, I get it. The The reality is is that the markets were never looking at it like there was something potentially disruptive to them. Therefore, you did not have markets that were responding negatively to headlines every time there was a new CNN bombshell. And you did not have markets rallying on face of the news that President Trump was being vindicated and exonerated by the special counsel's office. So if you were expecting the markets to drop when they were announcing, you know, that Michael Cohen had churned testimony against Trump, you were surprised when it didn't happen. And if you were expecting the market to rally when it was announced that Mueller was exonerating the president, then you were uh, surprised then too. Where I think the right approach for an investor who is a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal or a conservative or an agnostic or a moderate, regardless of the ideological and political stripes one wears, is the right approach to take to assume that markets are not interested in things that they do not see having a direct impact on earnings because markets always and forever follow earnings. So in this case with Mueller, does it enable, does it enhance President Trump's chances of re-election, which in theory you would think the market might like, especially in light of uh, where there seems to be a lot more kind of far-left uh, enthusiasm in the Democratic primary thus far? Well, I would argue that the markets probably would like um, a greater chance of a 2020 President Trump re-election relative to some of those particular candidates, Mr. Market I'm referring to. Now, wouldn't you argue, though, that the Mueller news would help that cause? So shouldn't that have been a market-positive event? Um, the market is far too smart to believe that in March of 2019, anything in the headlines is going to be making or breaking the result of an election that is well over 18 months away. By November of 2020, we'll be pricing in and talking about various market outcomes, what it means to the pharmaceutical industry, what it means to the defense and aerospace sector, what it means for national energy policy, what it means for economic growth, what it means for tax policy, and what it means for uh, the future of the Federal Reserve composition. See, there's all these types of things that really do have a connectivity to politics, but the market is totally above believing the silliness uh, 
that an event taking place in March of 2019 is going to be making or breaking an election. And and if the, an event was going to make or break, it would have to be a lot more significant an event than what happened this week. So depending on your point of view, the news this week may have been a surprise. It may not have been. It may have been something that caused you to be elated. It may have been something that really disappointed you. I hear that there's still even some conspiracy folks out there that think Mueller got it wrong and that there really was collusion uh, of President Trump with the Russian government. Um, Now, again, that's going to end up being more of a kind of crackpot type theory, obviously, just because you have um, an investigation unit mostly filled with Democrats, by the way, and and obviously, we now know a lot of the folks were act really not at all fans of President Trump. And they spent $25 million, had hundreds of FBI agents, thousands of subpoenas and documents, and literally two years of time that went by. And they came back and said, no, no collusion. So I don't think anyone's going to be really wisely holding on to that theory much, let alone some of the other kind of crazy stuff from that dossier that, that was created Back back when uh, before the camp before the election itself, um, those things are going to play out in the news. They're going to play out in uh, some of them in the National Enquirer. Apparently, some of them in in all different places. And I don't I don't at all demean the fact that various people's political outlook might impact the way they view or interpret all this stuff. But for myself, wearing my investment manager hat. Uh, it's very easy for me to understand why it's a non-market event. And now going forward, does the mar- does the president end up having a, a kind of leg up here? Well, right now he probably does. Probably been a pretty good week for him relative to the media and to some of his foes in the other side of the aisle. Um, is the president going to use that to his benefit? Is he going to kind of capture a little extra bout of moral authority or political leverage he doesn't have a big track record of doing that. A lot of times certain kind of spikes in, in his momentum end up getting offset a few days later with a tweet or a, or a press conference or something. So I, I can't say exactly how this will play out in terms of the, the rhythm of the presidency. But right now I can say that the events that the market is most focused on are the China trade deal. The, the market is most focused on the fact that the Federal Reserve Uh, is dealing with the uh, inverted yield curve, that it's a result of their tightening in 2018 monetary policy. The market's concerned with what earnings are going to do for the first quarter. Those uh, results will start to be announced in a couple weeks here. So between earnings and and, uh, yield curve and the China trade deal, market has plenty of bigger fish to fry than Roger Stone, let alone the aftermath of of a non- bombshell Mueller report. And that's where uh, things end here. Um, We go back to work as regular old money managers dealing with regular old macroeconomic news and regular old bottom-up news, uh, things that are market-specific. And for those who are never quite sure why the passion and volume of the political stories don't quite, and the overall beltway narratives don't quite correlate with the market stories and economic stories and Wall Street. Uh, hopefully, this this case will just give you one more notch in the belt of that truism, um, and and I'll keep ringing the bell as often as I have to uh, for uh, clarity around the fact that one's attempt to transcribe 
and prescribe and describe politics into market narratives and vice versa never really goes very well. And uh, that's where we are here today. So thank you, as always, for listening to our advice and insights. I hope you found it informative and useful and agreeable. Um, I encourage you to forward this podcast to anyone you'd like. I encourage you to write a review for us or to give us some stars or, or uh, some kind of uh, you know rating with your own uh, uh, podcast player, uh, whatever it is you choose to receive this podcast. Uh, a lot of people love using iTunes or or Stitcher, or Google Play, or whatever the case may be, but uh, subscribe to it. It helps build up our subscriber base and assist us in the way that the podcast gets distributed and portrayed in the podcast universe. That is the end of this week's Advice and Insights. We look forward to sharing more with you next week. Thank you for listening to our Advice and Insights podcast with David L. Bonson. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.